Welcome to Food Futurists, a podcast series to really sink your teeth into. Here we look at the solutions being put in place today to bring tomorrow's meal to your table. Hello, I'm Andy Lowe, and for this episode of Food Futurists, we're recording from Evoke Ag, the Asia-Pacific region's largest agri-food tech event. We're here today with Krista Watkins, AgriFutures Rural Women's Award winner 2018 and founder and managing director of Natural Evolution. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Look, no problem. So, um, so I hear that green bananas are the next big thing. So tell us about green bananas. Yeah, green bananas are definitely the next <laughs> big thing. Um, it's an idea that we stumbled across uh, about 10 years ago now. My husband was loading the truck like he, he yeah. used to do every Friday afternoon and he drove over a cluster of bananas that had been sitting in the tropical North yeah. Queensland heat for a few days. And that was really our aha moment, if you like. Um, what he saw inside was powder and he thought instantly, here's an opportunity. Um, that night when he raced home and showed me this crumpled up powdered pile of bananas, um, I actually did think he had gone bananas, <laughs> as I'm sure anyone And it wasn't would. quite cool bananas at that point. Yeah, no, okay, no, right. no, not quite cool bananas at all, crumpled bananas. And, um, you know, we just started Googling, like, is there a thing called banana flour? And there was nothing out there. And being really conscious about our diets and what we eat, you know, we'd like to eat a, a gluten-free diet. And we thought, hey, this could be a perfect mm. opportunity for us because we were throwing away about five metric tonnes of bananas every week at that point. Uh, but we knew the, the industry and that volume of waste every week was around 500 metric tonne. So it would certainly be a really good opportunity and one worth exploring. And I sit here now, 10 years down the track, and I'm very glad that we explored that because we're using over a million metric tonnes of bananas every right. year yeah. that would have otherwise gone to waste, and we've got plans to scale up from there as well. So mm. green bananas are the next big thing. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. You uh, did. So uh, are, they, and are these the, uh, edible bananas? They're just green, so they're before they ripen, yeah. or are they different species of banana? Well, the interesting thing is there's about a thousand species of bananas. There are quite a few bananas out there. Yeah, Not there a lot of people knew that. Yeah. No, most yeah. people, you just get one generally, which is yep. a Cavendish banana. It yep. has a really distinctive banana-y flavour, which is often why I don't like eating bananas because I don't like that flavour. But there is just so many. There's um, ones that don't taste like banana, some that taste more vanilla-y, some that are red, purple, blue. So it's a really fascinating mm. world, the bananas. And the ones that we're using, we use specific varieties and we only ever use them green before they're ripened. So if you were to get a green banana, good luck peeling it. Yep. But if you did get the peel off and you took a bite of it, it is absolutely revolting. Yeah, uh, almost through, inedible. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all the tannins in the plant. So the way we process it, it actually comes out a really a beautiful finished product. And it's I've got a real holistic earthiness to it, almost like a spelt flour. And the magic really is in that green banana. So part of this process is, yeah, we're going to make a flower, but is there something that's good about it? Because mm. people often talk about the nutritional benefits of a ripe yellow banana. Yep. I'm going to blow your mind. Go on. <laughs> green bananas are actually far more nutritious for you. Right. They, we found the richest source of a thing called resistant starch in yep. green bananas. So yep. resistant starch is a fermentable fibre. It produces 
it feeds you good gut bacteria yep. essentially. Um, it's a bit of a long story, but that's what it does. And we all know now that when the good bacteria in our gut is thriving, so are we as people. So we've actually gone on to have that product listed with the Therapeutic Goods Administration oh, as right, a functional, okay. yeah. Yeah, functional food, functional and, functional food yeah. and ingredient yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for cholesterol, weight loss and diabetes. Mm. And we're doing we're continuing to do a lot of that research. So we've got some really great research coming up this year around secondary infection and um, accepting transplants. So, so looking at the effect that that fermentable fibre has on those patients. So it's a really exciting space to be working in for us. Yeah. Wow, so many questions. Okay, so where do I start? Um, do we have enough time Yeah, today? I know. <laughs> so, uh, well, let me, uh, let me, I've got a few. Uh, so... I spent a bit of time in Africa, in Tanzania, and there they've got plantain, which isn't a million miles away from banana, mm. and plantain flour has been used for you know generations by communities over there. And then you've got the mountain green bananas in Uganda as well, which are consumed. So a lot of these uh, different bananas and plantains have been eaten and consumed or milled uh, by communities around the world for, for generations. It's just, we've kind of lost lost that, haven't we, more recently with our farming techniques. So did you go back to some of those those other communities or, or systems to discover how to how to handle your bananas? I'm so glad you brought it up because 10 years ago when we started looking it up, there was a lot of reference to African and Asian cultures using green bananas, plantains or um, whatever variety they had, and they would consume it almost like a porridge or they would use it how we in the Western world would use a potato. Uh, so it was really interesting to see those applications. And a lot of the reports coming out was that there was much lower rate of um, bowel cancers and things like that. So there's, there's some sort of a link going on there is what we were thinking. And I certainly think moving forward with to the scale that we've done it, that's always been there in the back of our mind that, yeah, in some ways we have lost um, lost the old traditional way of eating foods and things like that, but we need to be able to do it at scale and to standard. Uh, so I suppose that's where a lot of our technology has had to come in. Mm. As you can imagine, when we started, we were hand peeling them in a garage. Um, <laughs> that's a but really those are long days, awful were they? <laughs> job. That's like your worst enemy kind of job, get them to peel some bananas. And you have to peel a lot of bananas to make a kilo of powder. So the conversion rate sits around 10 to one, 10 kilos of fresh and you get one kilo of powder. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we started bringing in simple equipment that we designed to peel them because that was our biggest pain point. Then the next pain point was drying technology because to do a project sustainably at scale long term, you need to make sure you're able to produce it for a certain price. Um, so it, we've had some really big challenges, mm. but we, we have found always found a way forward and, you know, we're not just working with bananas anymore. No. Um, you know, we realised that all of our, our farming family right around the world has, has similar problems. And, and even those African and Asian cultures, obviously people have started making green banana uh, flour commercially right mm. around the world, yep. but they aren't able to make it to that standardised 
product that yep. we are. It does Consistent, high quality. Yeah. 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 So that's where we've put in that AI technology, which oversees all of our equipment. So what do computers do now? <laughs> so <laughs> they what, what are, are like assessing <laughs> the bananas, moisture content. Of course they are. You automatically know, yeah, adjusting right. equipment. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's what I like about this story is, you know, you started out with a, you know, uh, a kitchen-based uh, industry and then you've taken on the innovations and developments as you required them, kind of built it up into a business. But now you're really at the bleeding edge uh, of new technologies, you know, AI uh, detection, but also getting the product registered as a functional ingredient then allows you to put a stamp on uh, the packaging and say this is a functional ingredient uh, which then increases the premiumization for that particular product so Jesus it's such a great story so, thank you yeah. only, and in only 10 years there you go so. yeah I know I feel like there's still a lot of chapters to come out yeah. of this one yet so yeah. hold on yeah <laughs> so uh, you talked a little bit as well about um, some of the other uh, potential uh, products and I guess so I wouldn't mind uh, going into some of your motivations uh, for this. I mean, you know, you're, you're a businesswoman, you're a business owner, uh, you're in partnership with your husband uh, around this, which is probably an interesting dynamic, which we probably don't oh, have time so to go into today. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, the food waste and solving some of the food waste issues must be one of the higher order uh, things that's probably driving you within this business. It, would that be right? Or? Oh, I, I think you have taken the words right out of my mouth and it's really interesting that you've picked up on that. So I haven't always been a farmer or a businesswoman. I, I worked for um, a state education department for around 12 years and I could see my husband was trying to do something. He, were, he wanted to do something differently and in, in education, we talk about effect size. So you, you can have an effect size of a classroom. So it's basically your audience. Yeah. yeah. yeah and your impact. Or, or, yeah. or your school yeah. and, and what you can do to, to make things better. And it finally got to the point where I left that career, which um, I'd carved myself out a nice little niche position. And the reason I left was because that effect size. So something in the back of our mind and I say our, my mind, but also um, my business partner's mind as well, is that we really wanted to make a positive impact on people's lives. Uh, we wanted to do some, we see so much suffering, you know, whether it's people who they're unwell and they're sick and they're searching for answers to feel good, or it's people who just simply don't have access to nutritional food. Yeah. But at the same time, we're throwing away all of this beautiful produce because no one has been able to come up with a way of taking it, using it and distributing it. So that whole passion there with natural evolution is all about making people and animals' lives better. Yep. But at the same time, not going and growing more produce to inevitably throw away more. It's making the most of what we already have. Um, coming from a farming background myself, you know, there's so much energy, money, resources and love poured into producing a crop mm. and at the end of the week to throw away 40% of it right. because there's no market, yep. heartbreaking stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. Imagine, you know, I, I tell people, I get people to try and connect with that. If you'd gone to work for an entire week, and your employer turned around at the, on Friday and said, look, 
you've done a cracking job this week. You've really put your best effort in, but I can only pay you for three days because that's all I can, um, you know, make a profit out of. The other two I'm going to have to cut you back. Yep. People would be up in arms. That's right. But it happens to our farmers every week. I mean, that's a really good way to make that comparison. Uh, Yeah. 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 You know, our farmers are growing 100%. Let's use 100%. Hmm. And, you know, bananas is an interesting choice as well because, you know, ABC's war on waste. Bananas were the core celeb of... uh, uh, you know, I still I could still see that pile of bananas that were rotting in the field in Queensland uh, mm. from that program. So uh, the fact that you've driven, you know, a solution for that, which even, you know, that ABC program was probably three years ago, maybe not, not much more. Yeah. And there wasn't that solution that was around at the time. So, um, sure, we do have these environmental sustainability issues right across mm. uh, the production sector. But also when they're, they're highlighted... It provides a real motivation for solution-based um, uh, well, businesses to get involved there and then help provide the solution for that, which is exactly what you've done. You're, you're so right. And it drives that global community because, yeah. you know, knowledge is key. And it really feels like the entire community of, of our planet is on this mission to, yes, let's think about what we're using, where it comes from and how we use it. So when I look at it, there's no greater time than to come up with these solutions and, and follow our dreams to, to create, you know, healthier lives for people and animals, but also help out our, our primary producers. Someone said something really interesting to me that, you know, the farmer, he pays retail price for everything, mm-hmm. yet he has to sell at distribution. Yeah, that's yeah? so unfair, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It's a, it's a tough gig. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, green banana flower, green banana flower. What about rum? You can produce rum out of uh, green bananas, is that right? Yeah, so that's a a new adventure that I'm embarking on is the spirit world. Um, A new business for us is called Plantation Brew Co. And Plantation Brew Co. is very much like natural evolution, except it's going to deal just in in, um, alcohol and spirits. First line is a gold sweet potato vodka. So we take the juice from the Natural Evolution factory. A gold sweet potato vodka. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. It is amazing. <laughs> I, I, I do say so myself, but I get a lot of vodka drinkers yeah. and they tell me it's the smoothest vodka they've ever had. So, well, you know, I'm going to take that and run with it. Because vodka is pretty flexible. It can be made from potatoes or rice or yeah, a range of grain. It, and uh, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So traditionally potatoes and yep. we're dealing in gold sweet potatoes because we make a uh, vitamin A powder from them. And we would traditionally pump the juice out onto the paddock as a fertiliser. We had a really devastating fire in late 2018 and we just thought, what is the point in pumping all of this beautiful liquid Mm. out onto, you know, a burnt paddock, which we've since um, had knocked in and are returning it to grassland. The sensible idea would obviously be (laughs) to turn it into something's really shelf-stable product, but it also can pick up on other industries in the area. So where we're producing, there is a distillery just down the road. So we've partnered with them and they are producing the gold sweet potato vodka. We plan to bring out a green banana rum a little later this year. 
But as we grow our production facilities, the idea of the brewing and, and the distillation comes in as well. So we're trying to bring back a lot of that processing at the source in rural and regional areas. So we've got another site um, earmarked in Queensland, uh, south from us, and the same thing. We'll be producing powders, but we'll be working with the local uh, distilleries and having them make authentic, sustainable distilled spirits for us. Yeah. And I mean, that's really important because then you're doing the value adding in the community that produces the product. So you're not just exporting a commodity mm. where, you know, the, uh, the, the returns and the profit is lower mm. than the value added products. And you're, you know, and that's growing jobs in those regions because of the value adding that's done within the regions. Yeah. And we need more of these examples uh, here in Australia. Instead of just exporting grain overseas, uh, let's make products from them again here and then export that product at a higher value. Uh, and a higher premium. I, I couldn't agree more with you. I think that something as Australians, that it's something that we're really good at. We are really good problem solvers. Yeah. And we do have this capacity to do it. Just because it's new and it's different doesn't mean that we shouldn't embark on it. Um, that there are so many great little ideas out there in rural and regional Australia bubbling away. And I, I just couldn't encourage people enough to, you know, take it on board, have a go. You know, Justin Timberlake was bringing sexy back. It's about <laughs> time we brought back manufacturing to our rural and remote communities in yep. Australia. Yeah, because that will sustain those communities. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, that resilience and inventiveness uh, is also really, uh, really important. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so we're here at Evocag. And uh, we're seeing a lot of different solutions and uh, collisions of different ideas. We've got, you know, startups and uh, researchers and uh, producers here. But the byline is food, farm, future. So for you, what's the future look like? What is the future in this sector? Oh, that is such a great question. And, you know, you really, I do think really, really big um, it's a big... Yeah, it shows, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Does it? <Yeah. laughs> Just in case yeah. you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it's a really big world out there. And although we are so far apart, we all have so many common threads in it that weave us together, whether it's problems and how to solve food waste. So moving forward... Yeah, I, I touched on it that we are looking at, at putting in other processing plants here in Australia down the east coast. But another thing that we are doing this year as well is starting to export our food production technology. Yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, so I think that's really important. When you've got a really good idea and a really good solution, it's so easy to grab it and wrap it up and keep it all to yourself. Yeah. But it's for it to have a true impact on the way we do business and we think about our world and sustaining ourselves it's just too good for us to keep to ourselves we have to share it and that's the transition you've moved from commodity to value-added product then to a change of business process it's fantastic krista thank you i'm andy lowe from the university of adelaide and we've been speaking with krista watkins recording from evoke ag the Asia-Pacific region's largest agri-food tech event, brought to you by AgriFutures Australia. Food Futurists, a podcast talking about amazing global food solutions.